Welcome back, everybody, to the Brink as we come to you for another phantasmal episode of your favourite show that ever was a show to ever be a show. It's well, she's hurting herself as she sits down. My name is Ben, and she's burping, and this is the beautiful and always charming and never rude me, Mallory. Yes. Say your name. Uh-huh. Say your name. Mallory. Good. Um, and we're coming to you this week with lots of things happening, but uh, we just pre-recorded the Ben and Mal Variety Hour. Tune in Wednesdays on Radio South on 96.4 FM. We had a very long-winded segment talking about the Toronto Raptors, but I'm just going to mention this right now because this is more relevant today because we can talk about this more before Tuesday because this isn't going to air after Tuesday. The Raptors, 3-1 up right now. I'm so pumped. I'm excited. I'm wearing a shirt right now. Uh, I'm going to have to watch the damn game at work during the week. I'm not excited about that, but whatever. Um, just, just, I'm so nervous. Yes. Because, like, you know, I go for Carlton. I go for so many teams. I go for Ferrari. I go for teams that choke. And one team in the history of the NBA has lost leading 3-1 in the finals. That was Golden State. That only happened three years ago when they lost to LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean... Just, you've not watched any of them. I don't know what I'm asking you here, but um, it's exciting. We've talked about this. You were sick of talking about this, but I'm, I'm ex- you excited? I'm excited. Yeah, what, was you, what else was your dad saying? You, you mentioned this in the Ben of Our Variety Hour that your dad was messaging you about the Raptors. Oh, about the tickets? Yeah. Um, that the lowest price ticket currently is $1,200, and the most expensive one is a lot. Has he been watching the games? I think so. I didn't. I didn't know how much you. You know, your dad was into basketball. I'm, I'm, I thought he might have messaged me because uh, he was messaging me when the Calgary were losing. Gee, that seems like such a long time ago now, doesn't it? I remember when all these because like the NHL and NBA players go for like two months, and going into it, like you know, I had Calgary who were top of the West, second in the whole competition. Toronto, who was second in the East, second in the whole competition. I was more confident about Calgary. I was like, oh, okay, well, if Toronto can just make it here. And I was more focused on Calgary because I think, honestly, Calgary probably had a better chance. A lot of people would have said going in. I was promptly disappointed by them losing 4-1 in the opening round and getting eliminated. It was all right, fully focused on the Raptors now. But, geez, that seems like so long ago now. How are the Canucks doing? Shut up. <laughs> How would you be right now if this was the Canucks? Oh, so excited. I would be watching every game. So, like, we should mention in the NHL, actually, because it's, it's kind of exciting, too, that uh, tomorrow it's game six of the Stanley Cup finals, which I've barely paid any attention to because, uh, really, I don't care about the teams. But I'm, I'm excited that St. Louis uh, one win away from winning the Stanley Cup, which will be their first. Uh, they, will, they will break the equal longest drought without a Stanley Cup. Do you know who the other team is? With an, it's not Vancouver. Don't worry, I'm not doing this to rub it in. The other team, which is kind of, uh, is it ironic the word poignant? I don't know what the word is. If Toronto were to win the champion, if, if St. Louis win the Stanley Cup, Toronto will stand on their own two feet as the longest drought without because St. Louis are equal with Toronto because they started the year that Toronto won the last Stanley Cup. If that makes sense. I don't remember a day when Toronto didn't suck. Like we all cheer for them, but they suck. It's just, it's just funny that if Toronto were to win the championship in the NBA and St. Louis were to... Like, bad week for the Maple Leafs. I think, like, there'd be the diehard Maple Leafs fans who don't care about basketball at all who would be going, like, fuck you, Toronto, this city, this should be us, and fuck you, St. Louis, I'm going to go drink a bottle of maple syrup. That's what we do. This, this to me, for, for our Australian listeners, like, when Mallory just said about, you know, um, Toronto, had been a time that Toronto hasn't started. That, to me, what is like with Richmond. Richmond always sucked growing up. They were always so close and never made it. So when they won the grand final, the other, it was odd. It was odd, 
and then the year that followed seeing cocky Richmond supporters. You're not, this would be like if the Leafs won the Stanley Cup. You would have to deal with cocky Leafs supporters. That would be awful. Yeah, weird. Weird. Very weird. Um, yeah, so let's go Raptors. Woo. I think you're going to hear Colin talk a little bit more about it in just a moment. But um, it's time to celebrate because the Raptors could be winning. So let's hear more. <laughs> couple of weeks ago, we had this man on. It's been a couple of weeks since, and we've got him on again. That's a really terrible introduction. Uh, Colin Hilding is back. Hello, Colin. Welcome back to the break. Hey, and we're not talking about hockey. <laughs> we're talking about basketball. Uh, <laughs> we can talk a bit about hockey in a minute. But um, just to, to preempt, just quickly, that we are recording this just before Game 2 of the NBA Finals is about to start. So clearly by the end of the week when you hear this, the Raptors have choked and they've been swept and they're out of the yeah. finals, clearly. <laughs> but uh, I want to talk to Colin about the perspective of Canada right now because I try to talk to this to Mallory and A, she's not in Canada right now and B, she doesn't really care for basketball. So that conversation didn't really go too well. Now, you, as far as I believe, don't care too much for basketball. You might want to correct me on that one. I don't know. But you are in Canada. Um, so I've seen a lot has been happening in terms of Canadians getting on the bandwagon. A lot of my Canadian friends online are all of a sudden Raptors supporters. Justin Trudeau is tweeting every five seconds about the Raptors. It's great. I love seeing this. This is something I've always wanted to see happen because I've always noticed whenever I'm in Canada and you're not in Toronto, the Raptors get ignored and it's all about the Blue Jays. And it's like, because they're Canada's team. It's like, well, so are the Raptors. Like, but hey, cool. But now it's happening. Canada has got Raptors fever. What is it like being right now in Canada as finally a team from your country has made one of the big four major playoffs, uh, major final series for the first time in over 20 years? You, you know, what's weirdest about it is that I don't think there's a lot of people who even watch basketball who are getting excited about it uh, because hockey is the number one sport. And as far as it goes with me, I mean, if you were to ask me what my favorite sport to play was, basketball would blow every other sport away. You know, the, the really the only main reason I don't watch basketball is because it runs the same time as hockey. And who has the time for all that other than Ben? Uh, <laughs> Mallory certain doesn't. But uh, like now that we've, I guess we're coming off of the worst NHL playoffs in history. You know, I'm amazed that Canadians are actually so tuned out of even the NHL playoffs, like just couldn't care less. They're used to Canadians not winning that. They'll watch all the way to the end. People don't care about the uh, Stanley Cup finals. Everybody's talking about this all of a sudden. And I don't even think, you know, even what was the, um, um, you know, the final four or whatever, it was like, oh, the Raptors are there, but there was still like a lot of hockey talk. And now nobody's talking about hockey and everywhere you go, it is, oh, the Raptors, the Raptors. And, and it probably is mostly people who have never watched basketball before. But th- this is uh, a very Canadian thing because you mentioned, like, the Blue Jays. Um, you know, the Blue Jays started doing really well a couple of years ago. If you go back a few years prior to that, the Blue Jays was the same reaction you had to the Raptors. People were like, we have a team still? <laughs> <laughs> and this is Canadians. You know, if we can't win in hockey, if we win in anything else, we will support you. And if we're not winning, we'll forget you exist. Is it, um, I mean, how much had you followed the Raptors? I mean, the Raptors, your team. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think I've ever really had a discussion with you about the NBA before. Uh, are the Raptors your team or are they just your team now? Uh, I mean, they are now. Uh, <laughs> I, I really, I think there, there were a few years when I was growing up as a teenager where I was watching, you know, basketball and hockey because you have more time then. Uh, but, uh you know, I I think it was, I don't know, maybe about 10 years ago, it looked like the Raptors were doing really well, and I was watching some of them then. Uh, other than that, I mean, if you had to pick a team, I, I, I kind of always gravitate towards the Minnesota teams, because even though 
the Raptors are Canadian. Minnesota's so close to Winnipeg that, you know, uh, I'll cheer for the Vikings in the NFL or the Timberwolves in the NBA. Um, but, I mean, I'm definitely attaching myself to the Raptors now because I'm a typical Canadian. We're winning at something. <laughs> They're it, my team. I was with them from the beginning. Is, is there excitement in Winnipeg? Like, do you see – are there oh, yeah. viewing part, parties? Are there people wearing Raptors gear? Because I, I noticed – I think I looked at a – a Snapchat sort of feed uh, in Victoria, and pretty much all of them were people watching the Raptors games, and even people in Vancouver mm-hmm. and places like that. I've I've been seeing it. So is it that way in Winnipeg as well? Um, I mean, I know I watched about thirty minutes of Game One um, <laughs> <laughs> in between baby feedings and baby cryings and baby changings. Uh, I don't really get out much <laughs> than that, so I can't tell you viewing parties. I do know that like I go into work, and where most people would be talking about. Oh, this TV show, the Game of Thrones finale, you know, the the NHL playoffs. I'm overhearing conversations every couple minutes talking about the Raptors. Um, and if you go out in public, you're seeing a lot more Raptors merchandise, not just people wearing it. But like you go to the store like Walmart. I don't know if I've ever really noticed a lot of Raptors merchandise and suddenly it's on the shelves. You know, it, the Blue Jays stuff, the the Jet <laughs> stuff, it's all pushed aside. Now we're, we're selling Raptors stuff. I, I mean, I noticed that last year in, in Victoria because we went to a Walmart and I just Blue Jay stuff everywhere. Um, and then like I bought, I, I found a Raptors t-shirt, so I bought it. And then I think I saw one Raptors hat. But I, I even think the last time I was in Toronto, I... I remember getting off the train and sort of being underneath the the train station where the CN Tower is, and you kind of got these billboard sort of things where you've got like Maple Leafs players, uh, you know, a, a Blue Jays player. And I think there was like one. It might have been Kyle Lowry or Demar Derozan when he was still there. And it's kind of like I'm thinking the Raptors probably out of all these teams have been doing the best recently, and yet you're mm-hmm. kind of shoving them sort of as the third tier. Um, it's it's it's, it's interesting. You know- but- I love I love seeing this because I, I, one thing I actually spent a good time watching the other night after they won Game One was just all the fan reaction, like just the streets of Toronto and just like God help Toronto if they win. Uh, like, Drake was going crazy. Oh, Drake is incredible! And there was even an article here in Australia the other day about why Drake is the most hated man in the NBA. Um, and I like commented saying like, "Haters gonna hate." Hashtag We the North. Um, like, <laughs> I like personally like Drake. I don't mind some of his songs. I watched Degrassi when he was the dude in the wheelchair. Um, but like, I honestly just have such a fandom of Drake as a Raptors fan. And that's purely, I think the reason why I love the man so much is just because he's so energetic courtside. He's just so in your face. He just doesn't give a shit. And I love it. I love seeing Drake. Like, I would hate him if I wasn't a Raptors fan. Of course I would. But this is the thing. I am a Raptors fan. So I love the guy. And plus, I mean, I think all Canadians are, are the same as the way I am. When there's a Canadian that makes it big, you know, in America, and yet they still attach themselves to Canada, like that's the most exciting thing for Canadians. Like Canadians love Rachel McAdams because she's like, I still live in Toronto. Why would I move to L.A.? <laughs> and Drake, you know, obviously before I'm sure you've heard of it or whatever, or you've seen the show, so you would know. He was originally one of the cast members on Degrassi, which mm-hmm. was like the teen drama in Canada. And I remember when he first started making big in music, I'm um, like. The guy from Degrassi is a thing now. <laughs> that was, and then uh, the fact yeah. that he's like, yeah. Then the fact that he's, you know, obviously the biggest music star in the world, and he's like, no, I'm cheering for my home team still. Like that's awesome. I mean, you add that to the fact that I'm pretty sure he's banged Nicki Minaj. I'm like, this guy's my hero. <laughs> Good for you, Drake. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Uh, I'm all right. <laughs> Oh, he's got two things going for him. He's Canadian <laughs> and Nicki Minaj. Um, 
Did there you, you go. <laughs> I, I, I implore you to look up, though. There's like this perceived Drake curse uh, because he does jump on the bandwagon a lot of pretty successful teams. So, like, a lot of European soccer teams, for example, like, he supported, like, 10 different teams and all of them end up losing every time he wears one of their jerseys. Um, and he actually even has uh, a Steph Curry and Kevin Durant tattoo, like, from the Golden State Warriors. And I think during game one, he, like, subtly covered them up <laughs> because, like, <laughs> there was even one of his songs he was rapping about Steph Curry. So, uh, but, I mean, like, the thing is, though, he has... No matter what people say about him, he has been on the Raptors train for a long... I mean, he's the global ambassador for the Toronto Raptors. I think literally they're the only NBA club who have a global ambassador. And once a year, the Raptors will have a Drake Night-themed game in Toronto where they basically put everything with the Drake logo across everything. And it's just kind of... It's a, it's a big deal. I think it's kind of clever the way they do that. But um, what, I did see a tweet... And I'd love to get your opinion on this, not only because you're a Leafs fan, but you are a Canadian, and we all know the hockey big deal over there. And that it caused a bit of controversy because a lot of people were complaining about this tweet. But this, I don't know who he was. He was some sports reporter or something in Toronto, basically said that as exciting as this is for Toronto right now, I guarantee you every single person out there would rather this be the Leafs than the Raptors and would not be caring about (laughs) this if the Leafs were there at the same time. Do you think that's true? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, unless the Leafs lost and the Raptors won, then they would suddenly <laughs> care. I mean, that, that's just because, you know, that's Canada's sport and the Leafs, you know, a team that people have been because this is what the reason I was saying that I, I'm kind of excited by this. It's kind of the opposite of why, you know, people would not want to win. Uh, the last time a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup was 1993. Here we could potentially have a championship team come to Canada in a sport where we only have one team, and that team's existed for less time than than the last Canadian Stanley Cup winner. I mean, what is it, 1995 or 96 was their first season? 95, and that was the year that, I mean, Vancouver Grizzlies obviously started the same year, but they've yeah. since moved to Memphis, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So so if they won, the same way I, I think uh, I mentioned, you know, the reason I would not root for St. Louis for the Stanley Cup is because they're tied with the Leafs for the longest drought. And if St. Louis wins, well, then that means the Leafs are worse. And there probably are people out there who are like, well, if the Raptors win, I mean, doesn't that just make us worse in hockey? (laughs) People also have to remember, I mean, the team is from Toronto. I mean, the majority of the players are not Canadian, too. Well, it's, I Uh, I don't think any players, if I'm not mistaken, are Canadian. I need to double check that. But, I mean, it's kind of like what Canadians obviously say with the Stanley Cup, isn't it? That, like, American teams win with Canadian players. I'm sure the Americans are going to be the first to say, like, if the Raptors win, yeah, a Canadian team won with American players. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But, I mean, it is completely true. Uh, I don't think, even people who hate the Leafs, Probably if this right now where the Leafs are, you know, in the Stanley Cup finals and the Raptors are too, they would probably be rooting for the Leafs over the Raptors just because that is our sport, which is weird because most people don't realize hockey did not originate in Canada, yet basketball did. Basketball was created in Canada. So technically that should be more our sport than hockey is. Mm, yeah, because well, Canadians invented basketball, right? Like, yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's weird. I'm just looking here. The only active player for the Raptors who's actually Canadian is Chris Boucher. Who, Boucher, Boucher. Uh, I don't even think he's been playing games. I think he's injured at the moment. So, uh, And according to one article, it's saying he's from Oregon, but according to another one, it's saying he's Canadian. So <laughs> make up mm-hmm. your mind. Um, yeah, and it's. I think you say about how... You won, Montreal won the Stanley Cup in 1993, the same year that the Blue Jays won uh, their second of their two World Series in a row. 
So a Canadian team has not won one of the big four North American sports since. I mean, the Toronto FC won the MLS two years ago. Come on. (laughs) Wait, hold on a second. A Canadian team has won the CFL Grey Cup almost every year in the last 25 years. Almost. Well, I think it was pretty – I mean, I – I root for the Toronto FC. I know soccer is kind of the fifth sport out of those four, the big four. But uh, I mean, that was kind of cool that Toronto won something. But again, I love how like everyone's like Toronto's in such a sporting drought, and it's like, uh, guys, uh, Toronto FC won two years ago. But clearly, soccer's not caring enough. Uh, just quickly though, uh, I, while you mentioned hockey, um, Stanley Cup finals. I mean, it's kind of it must oh, suck okay. for you then that it's St. Louis, the team you don't want to win because of the the Leafs factor. And then Boston, no one wants Boston to win. They don't want to have three out of the four trophies in one year. That's Wouldn't it be poignant if three out of the four trophies went to Boston and the other one went to a Canadian team in a non-Canadian yeah. sport? Like <laughs> That would kind of work. Uh, at the time of recording this, uh, Boston are 2-1 up. They belted St. Louis yesterday. Uh, obviously, they might have won the cup by the time this gets released at the end of the week. Um, anything interesting coming from the Stanley Cup? Well, I mean, St. Louis had at least one good game, and I, and I did watch uh, game one, and I thought, like, they're much more, despite the fact that the last game was not even close, they seem to be a more evenly matched teams than we've seen in a while. Um, but like, it's just weird. I haven't heard a single person talking about these finals. Like, when you brought up, I almost had to think for a second, okay, it was Boston and, oh, yeah, St. Louis. <laughs> it's just, it's it's not even in the public eye right now. Mm. And it's Canada. That's that's fascinating. I did notice it uh, in, before game one. They had a concert featuring Lil Nas X or whatever his name because he's got that one song and Chase Rice. <laughs> oh boy! I know because he's still alive. When you think about hockey, you think of country music. <laughs> yeah. I just love the comments when the NHL announced this lineup. Everyone's like, yeah, you're matching your audience there, guys. Like, country music and hockey. Um, now, imagine if it was Drake and Nicki Minaj. <laughs> throwing Rihanna and Colin just <laughs> yes. has triplets. Uh, <laughs> uh, always a pleasure. We hopefully talk again soon and we can talk about how the Raptors have choked. But, hey, cool, at least they made the finals. Yeah, absolutely. The only hope for Canada is a bunch of Americans. Enjoying our flashbacks of our Days of Our Pie series that we used to have on the show many, many years ago. We are now going to play for you the third episode of the first season of Days of Our Pies. It just it makes me smile thinking about how we did this and why we did it in general. So uh, without further ado, Season 1, Episode 3, Days of Our Pies. Previously... On Days of Our Pies. Well, hello there. My name is Lisa Muffin, and I have just arrived from the United States of America to your wonderful small town. Uh, my God, it's Billy Muslimar and his illegitimate father, Roy Bollasirio. They have been shot. Have they woken up yet? Did they say who shot them? Uh, I know you. You're Billy's mother. Like pastry in the oven, these are the days of our pies. I'm Lisa Jones, and these are the days of our pies. And you 
Queenstown residents Lisa Muffin may have come to Ramsey Bay looking for a fresh start, but it was more than a fresh start that found her. She was pointed out by the recently shot Roy Bollesero at the hospital after he had just woken up. Yeah, you Billy's mother. I haven't seen you in ten years. But here you are, right by me bedside. I... I... I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. I remember that night in the pub in the big smoke. You and I had that drink and one thing led to another. You're the only woman I've ever slept with. Oh my god. This... This is impossible. Why? Why is it impossible? Roy's not hideously ugly that he couldn't have had a one-night stand? No, not that. The fact that Roy left Ramsey Bay. No one has left Ramsey Bay for 22 years. Not since Farmer Jimbo Jub heard went to get a packet of smoke that vending machine had run out of. Oh, I did leave. I was so sad after Ramsey Bay Rocketeers lost the grand final. Had to get away. And then I went to the pub. And yeah, I too much to drink. And then I met her. And before you knew it, Billy was born. You have got me mistaken for someone else. I am from the United States of America and have never been to your fine country before today. No, it's definitely you. You had the same birthmark on your left cheek, the same misshaped breast near your elbows. Okay, okay, so it was me. So shoot me. Now, now, Miss Muffin, I think there's enough shooting to be done here for one day. All of a sudden, George's wife, Jennifer Pyman, walks in. Oh my god, why are you alive? Ah, oh, Jennifer. Why did it take you so long to get in here? Why has it taken so long for Billy's mother to be revealed? And why, oh why, does none of this make sense? George, calm down, Roy. Who is Billy's mother? That would be me, Lisa Muffin. Lisa Muffin? I thought your name was Rita Ramyabum. It was, but I changed it just after I gave birth to Billy. I had a little trouble with law, but we don't need to get into that. Just then, Billy wakes up. Eh, eh, Daddy! Daddy! Where's Daddy? Billy, Billy, me boy, I'm here, and I have a big surprise for you. I want you to meet your mother. Billy looks over and sees Lisa, who smiles at him, but Billy is not happy to see her. Ah! Billy, me Billy, what is it? It's okay, Billy. It's me, Mum. Ah! No! 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 Billy, calm down. It's okay, I'm here. I'm a policeman. You can tell me what the problem is, Billy. Did Lisa shoot Billy and Roy? Why is Billy's last name different to that of Lisa and Roy's? Will Frank get to have lunch with Lisa? And what on earth did Lisa do to change her name? Find out next time on Days of Our Pies. So it's that time of the show where we ask questions by our man Richard Herring, emergency questions. We're going through them very swimmingly. What are we up to? 440 now. It's 441. So we're only a few weeks away from completing all 500. Who would have thunk it that we would have ever done this? All right, Mallory, you're asking the questions this week. So over to you. I am. Question number 441. If you could swap a TV show that went on for too long with one that was cancelled too soon, um, which shows would you choose? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good question. Um... Grey's Anatomy is the answer for one that went on for too long. Although I, don't, I almost feel like saying The Simpsons just because like, I love The Simpsons, but it's, it, it should have ended a while ago. No, Grey's Anatomy, there's no reason why it should be in the 16th season on Overpass ER. That's dumb. And I would just go with a couple more seasons of Third Watch. Why not? I don't think they really could have done any more with it, but, you know, I wouldn't say no to my favourite show. What about you? I will agree with your um, TV show to cut off. Oh, my gosh. What did you say it was? Grey's Anatomy. Thank you. Yes, that one. Um, Gilmore Girls could totally use a couple more seasons. But that being said, I'm not even done Third Watch yet, and I wish that there were more episodes. So You're nearly halfway. 
I understand that feeling, I think. Um, but I don't know how it ends, so I don't, I can't say, like, definitely that. 442, why is there a Mr. Potato Head, but no Mr. Tomato Bollocks? <laughs> well, I don't know, let's invent one. Let's not. 443, if you could be any character in The Simpsons, there you go, Ben, how would you cope with the fact that you were a fictional, that you were fictional and only spoke or did anything at the whim of writers and animators? Well, you wouldn't know, would you? This is a thing. Like, these, they don't know. I, I've always said, if I was to be part of a TV show, like, you know those questions, like, if you could live a TV show, what would you be? I'd want to be part of a comedy or a sitcom, because, like, you think, think about Friends. If you lived in the world of Friends, even the bad times, there's only a laughter around the corner, and everyone's having fun, everyone's happy. All situations are kind of great, so... You know, I'd choose Friends or something. But The Simpsons is kind of like that too. It's, it's silly. It's quirky. It's kind of there. So um, that's my answer. It's not really answering the question, but it's a dumb question because TV characters don't know that they're in a TV show. It's not The Truman Show. It's not Survivor. That's a reality show and they know they're in it. Yes. How would you? I don't think I would care. She's never watched Simpsons in her life. Move on. <laughs> yep. Um, 4.44. What is the funniest prank call you have ever made? I was drunk and my friend Katie, um, I feel I've answered this question before. She, her mother was a a real piece of work, let's just say, not a very nice woman. And um, she dared me to like ring her. So I rang her and I was like, oh, this is Dr. Jones um, from the maternity unit at the Royal Hobart Hospital. Just want to speak to uh, Katie Howie, please, about her uh, test results. And she was like, what? What test results? I'm her mother. I'm like, sorry, I can't disclose that right now. She basically ended up hanging up on me. And then five minutes later, Katie's sister was ringing up. Oh, are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? So, yeah, that's that was mine. <laughs> that's actually so funny. I think I've heard you answer this question before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've told that story on here before. That's hilarious. Um, I never did prank calls. Like, that wasn't a me thing 445 would you rather have a mirror in which you could see all your dead relatives and friend but not able to talk to them but see them sadly waving at you or a voucher for two for one at pizza express monday through thursday i think we'll go for the pizza because that mirror one sounds kind of sad like what's the difference between that and looking at a photo or a video like if you can't say anything and they're sadly waving at you that's just sad yeah and they don't go into details. When they say dead relatives, I mean, they could be, like, dead. rotting and things like that. Like, well, they say dead relatives. Like, you don't know. Like, this could be one of those specific things. Like, the genie in Aladdin says you've got to be specific with your wishes. If you've not seen Bedazzled, we watched that movie with, you know, you've got to be specific. So, no, the pizza one. I'm with the pizza, too. 446, mmm, pizza. Um, 446, which TV personality are you most surprised has got a job because they are so bad at what they do and makes you suspect that they have slept or are sleeping with the right person? Joey. On Friends? Oh, like the character? Yeah. Not like Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> oh, Lord, there's a oh, list. I understand. I understand the question. I didn't get understand the question, but I understand where your mind went. I, I, God, I have a list. Um... Oh, uh, yeah, Mel McLaughlin. She's a sports reporter who, um, no, she's not very good at a job. Like, to me, she only got the job because she's good to look at and she can host the show. But, like, you watch her interview people, like, she's terrible. She she doesn't know what to ask. And she just asks, like, so, you made the Olympics. You must be happy. Like, I mean, any person can ask that question, you know? So, yeah, I'm not a Mel McLaughlin fan. I think, yeah, no, she she fits that category. Biscuits or actresses? What's that? What? That's the next question. 
Why, and you're not going to answer the question? I did. Biscuits or actresses? Like, in what context? That's all it says. Um, but I can't have biscuits, really. It's actresses. Biscuits. Um, 448, if you could live in any area... Air, air, Hang on a minute, but then everything you watch would only have men in it. What's a biscuit? A biscuit, like eating it, like a biscuit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought a biscuit was. I want a biscuit. Yeah, but like if that was a choice, technically, again, the specifics of it, that might mean that all actresses are obsolete, so therefore you're only going to watch anything with men in it. That's fine. I'll eat my cookies. Thank you. So that movie you watched today with Gerard Butler and what's the weird face name, that would end up being like Gerard Butler and, I don't know, uh, Jason Statham kissing at the end instead. That's fine. hundred times better. I don't like that girl. But you don't like watching two men kiss either. <laughs> but cookies. Okay. Sorry. Moving on. <laughs> I don't understand how it's a competition. Um, if you could live in era, any era... Why did you choose this one? I, I didn't choose this one. Move on. I would like to live in the future. I don't. I mean, nothing from the past really phases me. I mean, yeah, sometimes I think about, like, it'd be cool to live in a time where you could keep the knowledge of today and then you could invent things and become rich and oh, know things. But, yeah, the horse. But, like, if somebody said to me, you have to choose an era, like, I, 100 years from now. Like, it'd just be fascinating to see what the world is like. Could be worse. Could be over. Who knows? If the world is still here, like... But then you could read through the history books and go, oh, Carlton won a premiership. <laughs> oh, wait. No, we didn't. 449. If you only had a week to live, who would you tell to go fuck themselves? All of my bosses. I would, yeah. A lot of people. 450. If you had to eat a person, if you had to, who would you eat? And in what order would you devour their body sections? Gross. I'm not answering that. Uh, Catherine Heigl. <laughs> nah, she'd be too chewy. And that was me. The blonde woman you watched in that movie today. I don't like her. <laughs> That's why we're going to eat her. This is disgusting. 451. If your love making can be described by weather, by a weathered event or a natural disaster, what would it be? I feel like we need to answer this one for each other. Rich says an April shower. Um. Uh. Uh, <laughs> strong wind with a chance of hail. <laughs> Four fifty-two. Answer the question. I don't know. A beautiful sunny day. <laughs> Four fifty-two. Would you rather have pubic hair made out of unremovable barbed wire or be attacked by a rabid badger in your sleep once a week? Barbed wire. Oh. I'm going to go with the badger just because I feel like you could anticipate it and it doesn't say anything that you can't protect yourself from it. Whereas the barbed wire pubes, like, that's going to rip your clothes. You're never going to be able to have sex. It's going to hurt when you pee. So, yeah, and it'll rust. When you pee. Because, like, you know, I've got a floppy thing down there. You've just got lips. (laughs) I don't think I really needed to say lips, but let's move on. Can you knit? What's the best thing you ever knitted? I, a few times when I was younger, I asked mum to teach me to knit and she taught me and I would, the longest thing I knit was like a, a, I would call it like a tenth of a scarf and then I gave up. So that's about it. I'd say a scarf. I started making a shirt once and I gave up. Um, 4.54. Do you think thunderstorms were invented by NASA to muffle the sound of space battles? No. What? Yes. 4.55. Do you have a... Sticker, album, or collect PG tips cards as a child. K 
Can you still remember the cards or stickers you never found? No. I had card. I collected sport. I collected all kinds of trading cards, but I also had sticker albums. We had like AFL sticker albums. Um, I think I had a Pokemon sticker album. I had, I think I had one of the Soccer World Cup albums. So yeah, I had plenty and... I don't think I ever completed one, so could I tell you what ones I didn't get? Probably just the shiny special edition ones that you'd always want, so yeah. What was your favorite Kinder Egg toy? I got a Jurassic Park one once, didn't I? I actually, I got a Star Wars one once. I got a little TIE fighter in one of them. I used to love Kinder Surprises. My nan used to give, give Lindsay and I one every Sunday night after just part of our dessert. So nice. That was like our weekly treat. I loved Kinder Surprises. Oh, yum. I really want a Kinder Surprise now. Um, I always loved the crayons that, mm. like, stacked on top of each other, and they were, like, little animals. Those were, oh, yeah, those were my favorite. 457. How many weeks would you have to attend the Roman Catholic Holy Communion before you had eaten an entire Jesus? Please show your works. That's funny. I didn't believe that was a thing until I went to Mormon church. Believe what was a thing? Like, that they gave you bread and, like, water. Um, and then what? when... Well, I don't... I, I'm not a church person. Like, I just, you know... So when I went to Mormon Church in Salt Lake City, they came around with the bread and the water. And I was like, oh, sweet, food. And then I'm like, oh, crap, I'm eating Jesus. I think it would take a very long time. I mean, Jesus wasn't that fat, so. Yeah, but every time you get, like, a cracker, like, that big, Hmm. construct yourself out of crackers that are this big, it's going to take a while. I'm sure someone's done that before. 458. How much time do you spend on the toilet when you're doing a poo? A lot. I love doing poos, and it's great because I read shit, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Gotta have my morning poo. My morning poo is like a ritual. Not as long as Ben does. 4.59. Do you have a favorite dinosaur? No, I don't mean species of dinosaur. I mean individual, actual, non-fictional dinosaur. What was his or her name? Uh, Sue the Tyrannosaurus Rex is a really famous uh, skeleton which is in the Field Museum in Chicago, which I have seen, and I would say Sue the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Very famous. I'd say Stiggy or Cat. (laughs) Good call. 460. Would you rather be lactose intolerant or the Prime Minister of the Central African Republic? Prime Minister of the Central African Republic. I'd love to be a leader of a country. I'd probably get assassinated because I don't know how they like their leaders in that part of the world. I know they have a lot of problems, but maybe I could be the man to fix it. Who knows? I, I would not want to be lactose intolerant. That would not be fun because I couldn't eat cheese. I'd have to shit all the time. I reckon I'd choose lactose intolerant because you can take pills. It'll help. It'll be fine. Or you could just be a leader of a country and just like quit on day one and get a hefty pension. True. And you'd go down in history books. True. All right. Thank you. That was fun. Sorry. <laughs> we always like to bring in the big guests of this show, and none are bigger than Joshua Schubert. Hello, Josh. Welcome back to the break. I take offence to that. Why? Because you're the biggest. I've been, I've been on the, I've, I've been on a zero sugar diet for two weeks. I should have lost weight. Oh my now. god, me too. Except I've been on the keto diet, which technically is zero sugar. So zero sugar, zero carbs. You know, I was looking at the keto, and I don't know. I'm still for me, the jury's out on it. Well, still. a diet is okay by me when I get to like eight o'clock at night and go shit. I need to eat more fat and just chop off like twenty blocks of cheese, and then that's okay for the diet. So I'm okay with a diet that does that. That's freaking mad, I have to say that. So so how long have you been on the keto for? Uh, the time of recording this, like six days. 
<laughs> but I haven't cheated yet. I'm, I'm, I've done well. So, you know. Which is, which I have to say, like, I've known you now. Too long. Hell. We've, we've known each other for 15 years. Far out. No, longer than that. No, eight, nine, 2017 years. Yeah, 17 years. Coming up 20. Jesus, we're almost okay, legal. We'll do- I know. Um, oh, I know. Um, and in that time, I've actually never known you to be one to be in excess. Like you don't do like from from what I've seen, I've never seen you eat to excess or drink to excess. It's well, you're actually fairly moderate, and you always had you you and 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 I've always known you to have some form of physical thing where you go for a walk or you do something as well. Well, well thank you. You're but clearly... saying that I haven't seen you in three years. <laughs> you don't see those uh, late night binges where I just grab a couple of pack of Tim Tams and gorge them down with 50 bottles of vodka. Um, I mean, look, I, I agree with you. I think I've never been one of excess. The drinking bit, well, you know, you clearly didn't see my glory days when I turned 18, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think... We've, uh, no, no, we've only ever been drunk together once. Have we? Once. When was that? Just after your 18th. I don't remember ever getting drunk with you. That's a sad thing. Once. Yeah, yeah, that's one. Once. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I'll believe you. Um, Yeah, I've never been one to really gorge and everything like that. So it's just like, it's my makeup. It's how I am. It's, you know, the the whatever zones it is. But it's interesting you say you're on the no sugar diet. Now, I think the biggest thing I've found on since I've been on this keto diet is... How many bloody foods have sugar in it? We went shopping the other day. We needed to get bacon because you can have bacon on this diet. It's great. Every single packet of bacon we found, sugar, 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 sugar. Like you, that's what. That's why you need to go and get from the deli. Well, we went to. We went to. No, we did. We went to do that, but they didn't sell it in the deli. You had to get it from the thing. So yeah. Well, okay, well, you went to the deli. Maybe you got, should have gone to the deli. Um, <laughs> deli? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, well, see, this is what I'm talking like, the, the biggest thing I find, like, you know how people go, oh, uh, there's no excuse to be fat. There is no excuse to be overweight. And I'm like, no, that's BS because you go, say, for me, to get my sugar-free snacks and whatnot, I go to, like, the whole food section at, at the supermarket. And, like, so... They've got like an Oreo variant, which is zero sugar. I can have a packet of those is four dollars fifty, mm-hmm. or I can go over to the other aisle where they sell the the normal Oreos and a dollar. Well, that's for a packet. So yeah. it's and, and that's the uh, it's the biggest thing. Like, why is it cheaper when it hasn't got some of the ingredients? It's exactly the same as we had to get a variant of aioli and uh, ketchup and. It- you buy yourself a bottle of ketchup for what, like a dollar, two dollars. This this sort of vegetably sweetened ketchup, you know, and it's I mean it's still got like one gram of yeah. sugar per serve, but it's not like it's not added sugar. It's it's natural sugar. Um, it's like eight dollars, yeah. eight dollars a bottle for a bottle of ketchup. Yeah, no, screw that. Mm. And like I'm all for clean eating and all that sort of thing. I'm not one of those militant vegans who just wants to, you know, I don't wear a shirt saying I'm a vegan. I think the most militant thing that I do is say I love Star Wars, hence my hat. If you've noticed my hat. Have, yes. All our listeners yes, are yes. noticing that and, too, uh, yes. 
Yes, yes. It's got the 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 sign of the rebellion. Yeah, not the resistance, the rebellion. <laughs> no, no. This is actually it's got the markings. Funnily enough, oh, we're off topic. Uh, the the markings of the Endor special special forces right. uh, during the Battle of it. I was going to say that, but I was waiting for you to bring it up. So yeah. no, no. I, I got a loot crate the other day. I was pretty stoked. <laughs> so I got it anyway. So as I was saying, yeah. I was going to tell a joke yeah, that it yeah. failed. Move on. Yeah, no, and, and it's like we like where I live. We have enough property to we we've got like a mini, I'll, I'll say like micro farm sort of thing. We've got ch- chickens. We've got two very large vegetable gardens. Vegetable beds, a big pumpkin mound, and we grow a lot of our own stuff. But still, we uh, it, it's it's still expensive going to the shops. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's always been the thing, isn't it, with like eating healthy and and bad. Like, I mean, the biggest thing I ever saw with things like that is uh, in America. You know, it's easy to see why obesity is a thing there, and I'm not trying to say it's not a thing in Australia or New Zealand or anywhere else in sort of the Western world. It's it's becoming it's becoming a thing. Yeah, whereas exactly. like you know you would you would easily be able to get a, a large takeaway meal from a fast food restaurant for six, seven, eight dollars in America because it's very cheap, and then any form of healthy sort of salad variety there's like a ten dollar discrepancy, and and you know it's. A bit of a different system we know in America when it comes to things like, uh, you know, welfare and, and Centrelink and things like that. So, I mean, how are people meant to afford to eat with no other option to be able to kind of, you know, do things like that? So, yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's and, interesting. And, and that's and that's where I found um, the – I'm probably going to upset a lot of people saying this. Oh, you upsetting uh, people on this show, Josh. Never. I would I, never think you would I do know, that. I know. I know. I never read the comments either. Um, so, you get comments? <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> if, if someone ever comments a question to me, I want to know, and I'll, I will answer it. Josh, um, if we ever get a comment question to us, you'll be hearing me singing on top of Mount Cook, mate, across the bloody Tasman Sea. Like, believe me. <laughs> oh, I made some comments the other day about something, and I really got... Oh, I like watching like your Facebook. Fish. I like. I enjoy watching you post your Facebook things in the comments that it comes. I, <laughs> I tend to avoid it as best as I can, because you know what's happened like in the past, but anyway... Offend someone. What, what, what are you, you about to say? What, okay, oh, what was I going to say? Hey, no, the the documentary that came out while we were, when we were in high school, the the Super Size Me. I found that quite misleading. I just made me want McDonald's to a degree. I oh, know. That's the like it's, oh, yeah, Macca's would be great. Oh, but what what start. I what <laughs> <laughs> what what I think's interesting is that so this guy goes, oh, I'm going to eat McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I have to supersize it. What's your prior your prior diet? I'm a vegan. No wonder you got sick, mate. <laughs> You've gone from this like utter clean diet. It's just like a heroin, like someone going from not trying any heroin to having the same amount as Whitney Houston. Yeah, straight in the leg, bang, done. <laughs> so, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Just check the clock. No, Whitney Houston jokes are okay. It's fine. Never mind. Just had to check okay. the rules. Good, good, good. Bleep it out if you need to. Nah. Uh, but, 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 uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's just the thing. It's like, uh, it's, uh, I, I don't know. And you, and you can't regulate it. The, the, well, the way I believe is that oh, your government needs to stay out of sort of these sorts of things. So there can be, you can't really regulate the pr- these sorts of things. But you, you'd think that the way that they're doing it, I, it, it'd be 
more beneficial to sell healthier food than it is the crappy food? I don't get it. I think it's a little bit more complicated than just the government stepping in and saying, hey, sell lettuce cheaper than, you know, chocolate biscuits. Um, you know, I mean, we saw the, the backlash over Coles and Woolworths selling a dollar milk and how that was affecting the farmers. So, you know, like, yeah, there's a whole level of things I think they could do. But um, I, I think that the, the interesting thing about you know, the obesity crisis and things like that. I mean, it's when people sort of analyse how we were eating 100 years ago to how we're eating today. And hello, we've got another... Yeah, we've got, yeah, we've got Gabriel. Give me two seconds. Just Gabriel, what's seat. up? He needs a drink of water. Oh, <laughs> Give me a sec. don't we all? All right, let's... Uh, go sit back on... Go sit on the couch. Everyone actually doesn't realise that's just Josh. That's just how he speaks when he wants water to Naomi. So, um... I believe we're going to take a two-second break. Let's hear a funny sound. You know what's really pissing me off? Uh, I have a list of things that I could answer that with, but you tell me one of them. I've been looking for this all morning. <laughs> he has his wallet, folks. He has his wallet. Um, just a quick change of topic, because we always we do this anyway. Uh, how about those maroons? Uh, what a great win on Wednesday night, Josh. How you? How you? How's your New South Wales little bottom feeling right now? Severely whipped. You know what? I um I wasn't actually expecting a Blues win this week. Oh, there we go. Look at this. No, oh, no, 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 no. I didn't think we would. No, 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 no. I was, no, no, no. I was. I'm gonna. I'm saying my honest opinion. This is my honest opinion. <laughs> I'm not being. I'm more focused on the fact that my my beloved Tigers are. Uh, they should have won last week, but they got thrashed. <laughs> How are the Knights going? <laughs> Don't talk about them anymore. I don't have much <laughs> don't, to gloat about in life, Josh. You know, Carlton suck. We can't keep a coach more than Australia can keep a prime minister. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know what's going on. So, I mean, I'm all about the basketball right now. Follow the bloody Raptors, mate. We're 2-1 up. We're two games away from winning an NBA championship. Now, now, now forgive me if I'm wrong. Raptors, that's uh, Andrew Bogart's in that team, isn't no, he? No, Warriors, other team. He's playing against Warriors. Uh, Bogues. Well, I like the Bogues. I, I have a connection. I have an I have a connection to Mr. Bogart. Uh, tell me, tell me how. Uh, his father is one of my friends. Oh, nice. He fly, he flies model airplanes. I actually met him when I was running in the uh, state election. He was one of my volunteers handing out for me. Oh. Uh, very good man. They're very very smart. Very nice people. They live up the road. Um, great great people. Great people. Well, that's good to know. I haven't met Andrew yet. Um, if it apparently, I, I will eventually. Oh, so, well, you let me but know. no, I, no, they're, they're good people. But um, they're back, back, back to this maroon business. I <laughs> honestly, I looked at it. I looked at it, and I've gone. It's very rare that we win in Brisbane. Mm. Very rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we got no hope. I didn't even watch the game, to be honest. Um, I, and and yeah, then when I, 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 I checked, I, so. <laughs> I, 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 I checked the. Uh, I checked the fetching uh, score at halftime. I've got, oh, is it 8-0 or 18 or something? It was a crazy number. It was like a like something nil. I'm like, wow, we've got to go. This is great. And then, like, I wake up the next morning. It was like, 
in New South Wales, I only scored one more try, but then <laughs> Queensland went from nil to thrashing you. I to <laughs> I have to say, I was lucky enough to go to the the third game last year in Brisbane when I was living there, and I, I, I've never easily one of the most interesting sporting events I've ever been to in terms of the, the crowd and just the passion. And of course, by that point, New South Wales, you'd already won it. You won the first two games, so it was it was a dead rubber. But they still got like. 50,000 people, just the absolute mentality of, of Queenslanders and the way they were going at it. It was actually quite an entertaining game because I remember I think Queenslanders scored like the first try and really should have scored a couple more. New South Wales led at half time and it was sort of a very similar way. But um, a lot of people then obviously left because they then realised that, hey, cool, we won, but then New South Wales were about to get the trophy. Uh, but I still stayed. I watched uh, your lot get the trophy with the fireworks and everything. So I, I thoroughly recommend if you ever get an opportunity to go to one, um, it's it's definitely like it's not a sport I follow super closely, um, but it is the atmosphere and just the, the feel of being uh, at an Origin game is, is quite incredible. Well, it's well, that's the thing. It's, it's akin to the Super Bowl of like, like in, in Australia. It's not necessarily there's no competition pride too it's like just two states going all right yep. let's see who's better in queensland you just go we're gonna take some victorians <laughs> well it's 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 actually uh even just in the lead up living in brisbane just seeing you know the and i love that i love that about a sport when you can be in a city or a location when you see that many things like i'd love to be in toronto right now just with how everything is taking over that city at the moment um and i, I would i would say with the state of origin i've i've Lucky enough, been to an Origin game and the NRL Grand Final. More passion and excitement and atmosphere in an Origin game than there was at the NRL Grand Final. Uh, it's I, I find this is the thing. NRL is really big in two and a half states. Mm-hmm. Really, like if we if we if we're really honest, and a quarter of this country that I'm living in right now too. Yeah, or well, rugby is just a well, it's more it's, union in, in, in New oh, yeah, Zealand, like, isn't it? League is kind of the forgotten stepsister, but like if the Warriors are doing well, everyone here is all up in it. And then if they're not, no one gives a shit. But like, <laughs> I, I see, you see a fair bit of NRL stuff down here. Like, I mean, every sort of sporting shop, they're all selling Warriors merchandise. Where I work, there's a barber opposite my office, and I, I don't know if the guy who works there is an Aussie or not, but he's got like four uh, NRL jerseys hanging up, like old school. I'm talking like the Brisbane Broncos check one from the 90s and like uh you know wow. some real old school nrl jerseys hanging up and i've seen broncos fans i've seen like roosters fans i've you know i see I, I randomly saw one person wearing a brisbane lions hat and i'm like how the hell does a brisbane Lions supporter end up in invercargill i'm <laughs> like wrong sport but yeah like you, you nrl does <laughs> get a bit of coverage shot. over here obviously it is more union but you still do get a bit of nrl stuff over here well that's it and and uh, like I have to say, when I moved to Tasmania when I was a kid, there was no rugby league stuff at all in Tassie. It was all AFL. And I'm going in this game, what the hell is this game? Why is he punching the ball? <laughs> like, he's trying to fist a ball? What? And 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 and, and this is a kid. And I'm looking at it going, take a mark. I'm like, I haven't got a pen. <laughs> and, and like, all these things, like, as someone coming in, I had no idea what AFL was. This is back, like, cause I grew up in Newcastle, which is the homeland of the Newcastle Knights. Very thick NRL territory. There is nothing else. Cricket, maybe, but that's it. Mm. And I, I found that interesting living in Queensland, too, because, I mean, yeah, for the most part, you've got it's all NRL stuff. Um, 
And I mean, but like I would, I attended a lot more AFL games in, in Queensland than I did. Like I went to one Broncos game just because they were playing the Sharks. I went to the Origin game and that was it. Whereas I went to oh, two, three Brisbane Lions games and like four or five Gold Coast Suns games. And I think the the thing that I will appreciate about Brisbane sort of with the with the sport where it's not what they're used to. Brisbane is kind of like to me a junior Melbourne in the fact that they really do support everything that comes their way even if they're not doing well. You still get, you know, a small enough group of passionate people. When I've been to sporting events in Sydney, there's just not a vibe. Sydney's a weird place to watch sport and I like well, Sydney, the but there's just there's not a passion level in Sydney as I feel there is in the majority of other cities in in the country. No, I totally agree with you. And I think you look at Melbourne and they are a... Sporting capital of the world. They're a sporting capital of the world. They're also the culture Mm -hmm. uh, capital. I know more theatres in Melbourne than I do in Sydney. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can mention... I think there's two in Sydney I can mention. There's about five in Melbourne I can mention. I've worked in two of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And and you go to to Brisbane, you've got the QPAC, the Playhouse... South they, Bank. They've got all they've got South Bank. They've got all these amazing th- features there. And this is going to sound really bad. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, the, the biggest thing about Brisbane and, and Melbourne is they don't have the immense mixture of different cultures. So, like, yeah, you've got in Melbourne, you do have, like, your basic big city mix, but you don't have it as as heavy as it is oh, in the middle I of Sydney, would... where, 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 let me finish, where they, instead of immersing themselves as a, as a collective group, they segregate themselves well, into any, yeah, any conflict. I, I think, yeah, the last bit, I definitely agree with you, because to me, Sydney's more of a city where it's diverse, but they're in pockets. Melbourne, I would disagree. I think Melbourne's very eclectic. I mean, I think, but they're just all mixed together. You just, you just don't know. I mean, Melbourne has the largest... Yeah. Greek population um, outside of Athens. Melbourne has more. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's not diverse. What I'm saying is you don't notice the differences. They're all everyone's mixed together. That's it. Right. You don't go driving down the road and think you're driving in Korea because there's a glass window cleaner company in front of you. The only way you know they're a glass window cleaner is because there's a picture of that. The rest is written in Korean. And I'm not saying that that's a bad. I'm not saying that in a racist way. I'm just saying they don't immerse themselves as a collective. They immerse themselves in cells. And I think that just comes down to, um, for the most part, people come to Australia. uh, What's the first place you're going to go to? Sydney. And people generally, if you're from a certain country, you're going to want to move and live sort of around people to sort of, you know, assimilate yourself but also feel comfortable. It's like it's no different to if, you know, we move to, you know, an Asian country where maybe there's a a certain part of a city where the Australians live. You know, we'd want to probably live there. And I think that, I think one of our biggest issues, and as I'm saying, as for me and you, is we both grew up in a in a in a city that was not as diverse as any other city in Australia. Not at the time, definitely. No, I think it's it's not changed. At the time. And um, I say we we grew up. I'm saying when we grew up. I, re- I remember when we went to high school. We had they had the. Um, I think there was only. Like you can probably count them on two hands how many people from a different culture was actually there, well, we, individuals. Yeah, and then that was – I remember in high school it was sort of uh, a big push from, like, the Sudanese refugees. Like, we had – remember John Worker, people like that, like, great guys. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but, like, you're right. Like, it was a very um, – 
they, uh, uh, this might sound wrong, but I'm not meaning it sound wrong. They stood out. Um, but it's, it's, it is interesting too, because like, I remember it's, it's a fascinating that you bring that up actually, because, you know, you think back to like primary school and high school and kind of the diversity of your school. And I, even in primary school, I remember I was friends with a guy like in grade two or three and he was from the Philippines. Um, but like even thinking sort of as you grew up, like we were all white, <laughs> like we were like, it's, yeah. And, and and what what's interesting for me though is because uh, I went to primary school up until grade three in uh, New South Wales. In that high in that primary school, we had uh, it was actually quite diverse. We had Asian uh, uh, Asian cultures that were uh, represented. We had uh, oh, I have to say this because there is a difference between Tasmanian Aboriginals and mainland Aboriginals. We had we had dark skin coloured. Aboriginals, and there were also a mixture of Islander kids too. So some Samoa, Tonga, uh, Cook Island, all that. And so I, I, from kindergarten to grade three, I was like, yes, I understand like different colours and I, And then when I first got, so I went to the first primary school I went to in in Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> Is in a small town. And it was like going to a clan meeting. <laughs> there was no. Well, that's new for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got this. Like, and what I found really difficult. And I remember this was like the first few days. Uh, I was playing with one of the kids, and um, this other kid comes up and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm an Aboriginal. <laughs> I shouldn't talk like that. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm Indigenous. I'm Aboriginal." I went, looked at him, and went, "No, you're not. You got, you got red hair." <laughs> <laughs> blue eyes. Sorry. In fact, your skin is whiter than mine. <laughs> I got in trouble for that. I didn't know at that time that Aboriginals could be white. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, but I mean, when you're young, and I mean, this is why kids, and I'm, you've got kids. I'm sure you know this more than more than anything. Is it like kids are honest? Kids don't hold back. Kids don't know. When one of the funniest, oh, yeah. when I was in New York and I was lining up to go <laughs> into the uh, the New World Trade Center to the obs- observation deck. There was a, a, a couple behind me who had a very young child. I don't know how old this child were. This child said, Mummy, I don't want to go up the tower. I'm afraid a plane will fly into it again. And then like this, <laughs> like the parents like, shh, shh, shh. And I'm just like, whoa, not the place. But okay, they just said that. But see, like, that's see, a beautiful kid. Would, what, yeah, but what would have been different is if that child come up and went... Mummy, I don't want to go into that because some sand monkey's going to fly a plane into it. Like, if it started saying, like, a racial slur, then you go, that kid's heard it from somewhere. True. That kid, like, I'll, I'll tell you a story. We, uh, this is when I first got married to Naomi. The kids were young. Her kids were a lot younger at this point. I think Liam wasn't even in primary school yet. I think it was, like, a year off. And we were in Canberra. We were part, It was a really hot day. The air conditioning in the car was broken, so I had the, all the windows down. And we stopped at this red light. And this Sudanese, like, I'm going to say Sudanese, Moroccan, the typical, not brown, but really black skin person. Like, it was really dark. Is it the traffic light? He also looked like he could kick the crap out of me with his finger, like he was built too. Like Alfred Corker. Oh, Alfred. Uh, I miss Alfred. He's a good bloke. Good guy. He's a top, I see him on Facebook. He's a good bloke. Um, but he, so. Liam is also not a quiet kid. He goes, Mom, why is that guy black? 
Wow. I mean, he's really black. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get your lights and punched just, out? <laughs> I'm just going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, do I make up he's got a disability? Do I do that? <laughs> like, it, it's saying that. It's saying that. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm laughing. He's got autism. Autism. Got it. That's him. Yeah, but the, the funny thing with that, okay, I don't want to say if it's funny or not. But anyway, the so you, you know what I do for work now. I, I work in disability. I work uh, with a young man with autism who's 21, and he's got some very good opinions on him. And the, one of the first days I was working with him, I took him down. There's a place down here called Mitchie's Jetty. It's just like a, a little jetty that the that a it's like and I say little like it's. About five meters long, and there's usually a boat tied. You can jump off to it, and you go for a walk around the beach. It's a really nice area. And we put at the car park, and this is the middle of the summer school holidays, mind you. And this Islamic family was in the car next to us, getting out of the car. He's gotten out, and he's just he has his stare. Even it's like he's he's, he's RBF, but he looks he looks like he's staring at you, like he's judging you, and that's the kind of face he pulls. And he just goes, Josh. Why are there muzzos here? Oh. I've gone, oh, no. Clancy, shut up. And then I've um, I've just said, go, just keep walking. I'll be there in a second. I've gone to the day. I'm so sorry. I, I'm his carer. The guy was like, yeah, it's all good, mate. It's all good. I get it. It's all and like most of the time people are okay with that sort of stuff. They they get it. They understand Uh it's, and I think that's that that's shows that there is some humanity left in some people. Yeah, other people not so much. Well, it's only it's only the negative the, the negative side of things situations like that that you ever hear about. I mean, that's why I kind of it, it's perceived that there's a bigger problem than I feel there actually is. You know, it's kind of one white guy goes and kills 51 people and claims it's to, you know, make the white race pure again and automatically we've got a global uh, white supremacy problem. So it's kind of... Because it's such a beat-up in the media about these things. But with the issue with that dropkick, he did what he did. Now, I actually have two issues uh, with how it's been handled. The first one is uh, Prime Minister Arden making it illegal for anyone to look up the manifesto that he wrote in New Zealand. And the video. You you what there's there's constantly people being prosecuted over here. If you see the video, you you're going to jail. I think that's that's it. That that to me that's a that's a breach of human rights. That's my opinion. I'm Australian, I'm not New Zealander, and and I'm not gonna bag out New Zealand for it. It's just one law that I have an issue with. And the other one uh, the other issue with it all is how misrepresented it was. If you've actually, I've I've sat there and I've read the manifesto, and if you read it, it actually he actually outlined who he is and what he's doing and why he's doing it. And he's also taking the piss out of a lot of things. But one of the things he he makes very clear that he is not a a right. He's not a right wing. He's more left. That he is an eco fascist, and that there are other things that happen along the way that the media just goes, no, he's a right-wing white supremacist and that this shows a problem with the right and the da-da-da-da-da. And I'm sitting there going, no, it not, does not show a problem with the right. It shows a problem with an individual who got a gun and did 
an abhorrent thing, and he should be buried beneath the prison without a straw to breathe with. And I, I agree with you completely in the fact that they, they take one side of things and then blow it out of proportion. I mean, we look what's sort of uh, happened in Melbourne again recently with, uh, you know, the young girl who who was killed, and, you know, they automatically, it's... It's an epidemic, you know, we've had four young women killed by men, you know, and then it, it all comes down to men need to stop raping and killing women. And you would not have this against any other person out there. You know, if, if there is a, a, a terrorist attack and it's conducted by, you know, someone of Muslim origin, you know, we're not going to have a big outcry. Muslims need to stop being terrorists. Like, you, you could not say that. And this is... No, there was a very because what they do is they they have they have a group to put them in mm-hmm. they're not they're not islamic they're an islamic extremist but it's yeah and but like the thing there was a there was a very well written article that i shared on my twitter page um i, I he's one of the and it's weird because I, I do not like news.com.au but he's actually one of the editors at large on news.com.au and i believe he's also a, a regular on um uh whatever that channel 10 morning show is used to be called the circle now it's called um whatever it is but um he got and got a bit into trouble because you know he said something like you know it's not all men or something like that and then you know everyone's like, oh you're, you're taking away from the agenda you're doing this you're doing that and it was just it was this is what happens with how debates and that just they get skewed away and this this is i'm not trying to say like people throw statistics 88 percent of you know murders uh conducted by men or like you know things like that okay fair enough the statistics show in favor of that i'm not saying that they don't like i'm not saying that but at the end of the day i could throw a bunch of statistics at you in regards to you know a certain race a certain you know sexuality who does something who does this and does that and then you're automatically perceived as racist so like if we if we want true yeah. equality and this is what always gets misconstrued when someone like myself, you, turns around and starts this argument, you automatically get shoved down with, oh, well, you know, you're the patriarchy. You can say that. You're a white male. Like, just things like that. And it's, we're not playing the victim card. It's it's a level field for everybody out there with true equality that you can't blatantly turn around and say something like, men need, all men need to stop raping women and murdering them because... The percentage, and this is what that guy was trying to say in his very well-written article, is that there is a percentage of absolute tosspots out there who feel it is okay to to rape a woman or rape a man, rape rape in general, to murder, to hurt people out there. And like just as you said, that that was an idiot with a gun who went and did that. Okay, he had some viewpoints, he had some ideologies, he published it out there, he knew he was going to get attention, right? At the end of the day, we all have opinions. We all have viewpoints. We all have this. If I went and murdered someone and I turned around and said, it's because I really don't like the color red, you know, you're not all of a sudden going to be like, oh, wow, well, we have to ban the color red because somebody murdered a bunch of people. Like, at the end of the day, people are fucked up. There are going to be absolute, even more fucked up people who are going to murder and hurt. And whether that's with whatever out there capabilities they've got. And rather than targeting a specific gender, religion, race, anything, because that segregates more people. That creates more divide by doing that. Let's focus on helping these people who show signs or may have this ability that one day they're going to go and do something fucked up, like killing a bunch of people all at once. And that, that's how I feel about it. No, I know. I totally agree with you. I totally agree. I think the biggest issue that we, we face when it comes to this sort of thing is the fact that – and I'm, I'm going to be labelling it. It is the left. There is a militant left. It's not all left. It's a militant left that go out there 
and they want to force and compel people to do certain things. Now, the equality side of it, they go, we want uh, equality on all parts, yet they're not saying what they want. Sorry, they're not saying what they don't want. They go, I'll go, sorry, um, wording's completely wrong. They're going, all right, we want equality. However, we don't want the responsibility that goes along with this equality. We want to be able to have it so that uh, 50-50 of men, uh, females and men do this, 50-50 females and men do this, 50-50 females do this, right? It's impossible. And then they go, it is impossible. In, in fact, there are uh, the countries that they always bring up saying how well these countries have it have been left alone to their own devices where uh, it, there is equal opportunity which I agree with. The opportunity should be there and the freedom to choose to the individual to do what they want. And when they've done that, in these countries where it's been in place since the 50s, where it's been women and men or black or white, homosexual or straight can do whatever they want. And you know what happens? Typical gender roles, mm-hmm. stay-at-home mothers, um, women going to nursing or early childhood care. And they choose to go there. They, they're not compelled to do anything else. They're not kicked out of doing anything. They are choosing to do that. And and that's the thing is like you've got these people saying, well, how, how come women can't do this? Are they, are they as a collective group choosing to do that or are they choosing to do this? What are they choosing to do? Now, the issue of having this discussion is I can guarantee you there is going to be someone who will listen to this and they'll be offended. Oh, and this is yeah. what – and and the and this is where the responsibility and the consequences of freedom of speech come into it. You cannot have a reasonable discussion without risking being offended or risk being offensive. Completely okay? agree. So, but it is also essential to have discussions like this, so we can build upon things. If we are stuffing up, we can actually t- oh, you know, we are stuffing up here. All right, we can fix that. That's fine. And and that happens when you have a civil discussion that talks about things that people then turn into militant, offensive uh, arrows. That's what I call it. Because I'll sit there. Like, you know, you've known me well enough for years. You can make any joke about religion you want towards me. Have I ever been offended to the point where I'm like, you're an a-hole. I don't want anything to do with you. No. Okay. And I've, I probably would have offended you some way, but it's never gotten to the it's like. Have you? It's more of like you. I don't know. I don't know. You, you, like, I know for the fact that you would have looked at me and go, "You're a dick." I say that to you anyway. That just, yeah, that's it. But that, and I think, uh, I think that's where we should stop. When, when we're offended, we go, "Oh, you're a dick," and then, and then continue, because that's, and you got these people who just, oh, uh, like I listen to, uh, funnily enough, because I'm a, a right wing person. I listen to Ben Shapiro. I listen to Jordan Peterson. I listen to Stephen Crowder. I listen to these people, and I see how they approach things. Like the louder with Crowder, one of the things that he does is doing the whole change my mind. He wants to have civil discussions on hot topics that he has a side on, and he wants to hear from the other people, giving them a chance to give their uh, evidence. He, he goes, I am only discussing evidence. We're not getting like. We're not going to get into any of the, you know, hearsay rubbish. And nine times out of ten, the left can't do that. They cannot come up with an ev- like a civil discussion with evidence. They can't do that. And then you've and one of the my favourite sayings coming out of Ben Shapiro is facts don't care about your feelings. Mm. And and that's the thing. Like, and you can twist and turn any um, 
any numbers on anything. You can, you, I, I could say, well, you know what, Ben? I've, I've looked at three professions and I found it incredibly offensive that 90% of all employment roles given in these professions have gone to women. How come men can't get into it? And I mean, look, that's a whole debate around things like quotas and that, which, you know, I've got very strong beliefs that quotas are a stupid idea. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, an, yeah, no, it's, I, yeah, we agree. We it's totally agree. It's completely stupid. But the one thing I will say, um, it's fascinating that us in Western society have things like this that, you know, really come full circle as the big issues and everything and how we are today when, you know, in the majority of life that we have in our society, everyone is equal. In the, you know, what, 80 to 90, 95% of how you and I live, how females live, how how gay people live, how, you know, uh, transgender people live, for the most part, you name a, a, a type or whatever you want to say, and we all live in uh, equality. And yes, there are still things out there that are not equal. I'm not saying that we're in a perfect society. We're not. But for the most part, we do. Yet... You've but got we're developing towards it, though. Exactly. That's the thing. And there, there are definitely issues out there that need to be fought for to create equality. All genders, all sexualities, all races, absolutely. The thing, though, that you, yeah. you look at countries around the world where, you know, it's completely different. You know, you, you think of some of these, you know, uh, countries in the Middle East, you know, in Africa, you know, who have these, that, from our perspective, I should say, are abhorrent, you know, people who, countries who have death penalties for being gay, you know, women who can't drive and, you know, just things that we look yeah. at and are like, that is, that is disgusting. Like, how can that be a thing? And yet here we are fighting over whether or not a, <laughs> this or that or anything like that. And it's, it's, it's just, an, it's an interesting well, uh, world for us to be able to live in where he, he, you well, have that sort well, of situation. He, well, here's the one that I found real. I, 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 I don't know why I do it to myself, but I listen to the ABC news all the time. And I they went from being fairly reputable, in my opinion, to very left and very opinionated. I completely agree. Somebody who wanted to steer away from news.com.au and use a reputable news source in the last recent times, I've even ABC Grandstander, you know I love my sport, but this week I had to unfollow them because the amount of left crap that was coming out, and I, I'm not, I don't define myself as left or right. I have, I'm center. I view, I have views on the left. I have views on the right. I, I, I'm all over the spectrum. But when I'm yep. constantly seeing the barrage of stuff that even the sporting side of ABC is putting out to me, and I've never been one to see this alleged bias. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Now I'm starting to see it, and it's really starting to annoy me. Because I want, oh, it, I want impartial yeah. news. I want, a, as a journalist myself, I want to read. The A's, the B's, the C's. I want the inverted pyramid, the facts at the top, the crap at the bottom. I want the who, what, why, when, how. I don't want the, oh, but this is the gender agenda you should feel. Like, this is how, and that's how they're writing. This is why the media's got such a worse name of itself now. It's because of clickbait. It's because of these agenda-seeking journalists who aren't even journalists. Who So many of these people are they're not glorified journalists. glorified bloggers. That's what they are. They are glorified bloggers. Sorry, I went on a rant there. <laughs> no, no, I know. I totally agree. But what what I listened to on the ABC this morning, I got really freaking angry. Because this the, the the reporter goes, uh, as we approach the Queen's birthday, we will be having uh, the nominations today come out for the Order of Australia Medal given to uh, civilians. However, a school teacher in Queensland has said she made a horrific discovery about the award. This is her. Only thirty percent 
of the award winners in the last 50 years have been women. And they go, and they start going into why. And they go, statistically, women will nominate a man and a man will nominate a man. And it's like, okay, the opportunity is there for a woman to receive it. No one is saying no, but collectively, as a group of people, we're going – we're looking at individuals and their merit, not the fact that it's 50-50. Like you have to nominate a man and a woman. No, you nominate an individual for what they've done to Australian society. And I'm not discounting uh, women's uh, roles in Australian society. For heaven's sakes, I know that many women who should deserve that medal. However, why are they not being um, uh, nominated? Let's look at the reason to why they're not being nominated, not saying that we need to nominate them. Yep, exactly. And, it's, and, that's, and that's the biggest issue, I think, also, is the fact that we're looking at um, – like, we've got an issue here with our council. We have a very green council, and I hate them so much. I hate our local government. And the one of the – Kathy Griff, she is the green – uh, she's a part, a member of the Greens Party. She ran on the for the council on under the Greens ticket, which in New South Wales is legal to do. You can run as a, in a political party to uh, for local government, unlike Tasmania, where it's illegal. Um, excuse me. And she has just come out saying that we're going to make it so because uh, we have a housing crisis here in Vega, and that we're going to make it so uh, lifetime leases on houses with rent control, so you can't raise the rent. And if you want to evict them, you need even 12 months notice. And it has to be a viable decision to why you're doing it. And if you don't rent your house out, we will give you, we will double your rates. And also you are not allowed to cherry pick on who you rent the house to. The first applicant gets your house. Mm. Wow. To me, and, and, and it's like, okay, you've come up with a solution for a housing crisis by compelling property owners to do uh to essentially hand over their property to the first person that knocks on their door saying they want a house to rent then you're saying that you can't kick them out then you're saying that uh, we're going to financially penalize you for for not doing that next part of it right is how the hell does that solve the problem yeah it doesn't you, you, you gotta look at the reason to why you gotta this is so many people go here's a solution all right why do we have the problem in the first place it's yeah, and this is like when it comes to say quotas. My my argument always has been that you you think about uh, if we have a, a ten positions for for doctors for let's say brain surgeons, and you have a hundred applicants, and yet you have to have five men and five women. Now let's throw this around. Let's just not go for the assumption that all the best ones are going to be men, right? Let's assume that ninety five of those, the top ninety five of those people are women, and then the bottom five are men. Now, are you going to want the top 10 candidates of that to operate you and save your life? Or if you have to have five men and five women, you have to have one through to five being your female applicants, and then your men applicants have to be 96 through to 100. So you have the potential to have the 96 best surgeon out there operating on you rather than the number six surgeon. And I don't I don't give a flying fuck if it's a man or a woman. I want the, the six best surgeon doing it based on their ability. And this is where it comes down to education. It doesn't come down to, fuck, we need to have 50% split in politics or whatever it is. We need to have systems in place 
if it's for, for young girls to get into politics. And it's, it's changing. All these people who complain that cabinet doesn't have women in it, this doesn't have women in it. You go back and you look at this 20, 30 years ago to the numbers, to what we have today. We have more women in parliament than we did back then. And that's down to education. This facts have been raised. And so more women are giving that, getting that opportunity to go into political things or whatever it is. And that's where we need to start it. And not by automatically giving you a seat at the table based on agenda. Because no matter how you frame quotas, that is sexist or discriminatory towards certain people because you have to have a certain level of things. You are doing that based on a person's gender, and that is discrimination. You know, I'll tell you something scary. And this is happening in the States at the moment. So they have recently put in a in some universities, in some major universities in the United States, where they have a quota on uh, minorities going into the medical fields. Okay, so in order to in in the United States, there is a test, an exam that you have to sit in order to be uh, eligible to even get into medical school. I can't remember the name of the test, but to pass it is quite high. You, it's like a eighty five percent on this test; otherwise, you will not be getting in. However, if you are part of a minority or a female, I don't know if it's just female. No, I'm, I'm just to keep it keep it. So I know I'm telling you the right thing. I'm not going to say female. It's just minorities. Um, they lowered the, and in some cases, just ignored the entrance score. And some of these people were getting 60s, 50. And in some cases, a guy got in on a 25% pass on, on, on this exam. Just to fill in quotas in the medical field. Now, he was able to coast through. These people were able to coast through the, the course and become doctors. What does that tell you? Yeah. What does that What does that say? And what the way I see, if, if you want to have true, I have a, a social experiment I would love to do. I would love to have it so when you p- go through an application process for a job or a course or whatever, unless it specifically requires, like in the acting area, like a female who's black who's this size. But say if it is to, in any other any other sort of thing, no names. Completely agree. Serial number. Completely. Serial agree. number. Yep. I'm sick and tired of seeing the question: Are you an Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander? On a form, I hate it. Why does it flipping matter? Yep. Exactly. You want it, and it's just creating more divide between the two groups. You want to have equality. Why does it flip and matter? Have all these things and just have it. Okay, where did you go to school? What did you score on your ACTs? What did you do on this? Did you get your TCE? Did you do this? Did you do that? basic merits that's it yeah i and i i could not agree more and yeah that that is exactly i believe exactly the same thing um so i one of the other like you talking about the abc the one that really got me up this week was um the the, the women's world cup soccer is about to start and the the matildas yeah. our you know great great team they're doing very well uh, you know, in, in a yeah. world where a lot of our sporting teams are not doing well, uh, you know, the Matildas are really doing well. But they've come out and threatened to sue, basically, FIFA if they do not get equal prize money as the men did last year in Russia. And there was a great article on Forbes that basically kind of squashed this because this is one of the things that gets me the most angry is, is, is the female side of things where they argue for equality in pay and exposure in, in women's sport. And the, the fact mm. that really was damning with that is that 
the amount of revenue uh, produced by both the men's and women's World Cups, the, the the absolute discrepancy in there in terms of how much extra money each tournament makes. But women actually get 13% of total revenue from Women's World Cup. Men only get 9%. And yet they will get more because the Men's World Cup makes more. And then you look at also certain other things that people don't take into fact. During the Men's World Cup, they have to play uh, so many more games than the women have to play <laughs> to even get there. And everything mm. else of that. It's it's no different to my argument with tennis, that people turn around and say, well, tennis is equal because in the Grand Slams, the men and the women get the same amount of prize money. No, it is not equal because women play best of three sets, men play best of five sets. Women actually get paid more for less work. If you want to make it equal, make the men play three sets or the women play five sets. And sporting revenue all comes down to the bucks. Don't blame the organization. Don't blame FIFA. Don't blame you know, all these other organizations are paying the men more than the women more. Blame the advertisers. Blame the organizations that get behind it. Because if you want to throw that, when you play that card, let's talk about the modeling industry. Let's talk about the porn industry where women make, you know, yeah. 10 times more than men in both those industries. But we're not hearing things on that because at the end of the day, we know that modeling for the most part, women are going to sell the products. And in porn, most of it, men are the audience, so they're going to want to watch women having sex, not men having sex. So there's so many levels to this, which is just ridiculous. It all comes down to revenue. It's no one is discriminating them based on their gender. And and that's exactly... uh, Yes. Yes, that is right. And and, uh, and you know what? I bet you... If you did a a poll, an anonymous poll of, of women in sport... And so would you want to have equal pay to men? And like with that explanation of everything, like the actual facts on a sheet and say, do you think men have it better or women have it better? I would very, very be uh, – I would be very uh, intrigued to see what their answers would be. And I don't think a majority of them would be in in that feministic sort of mindset saying, no, we want the same as men no matter how much work we do. There's no no argument to me in anything with that. And I don't know how this will sound, but like – the Men's World Cup is the biggest sporting event in the world in terms of countries who compete, in terms of revenue, television audience. It's bigger than the Olympics. And then you look yeah. at the Women's World Cup, which I would – people on the street, one out of ten people would barely know it's on. And secondly, you know, put that on the TV networks. Why isn't it as exposed as much as we get the Men's World Cup and things like that? Like, it, it's it's a great event. The The Women's World Cup is a fantastic event, and it's, it's, it's equally as entertaining as the men's event. Um, but you cannot put it on, a, and that's and it's not down to a gender issue. I mean, AFLW, for example, has been a great thing for introducing women to play Australian rules football. It's been fantastic. People came out this year because the grand final attracted the sellout Adelaide Oval with fifty five thousand people, full to the brink. That was they yeah. let people in for free. I guarantee you, if you had have charged the amount of money you charge for a men's ticket for the the AFL men's grand final you would barely fill that stadium. They had to charge nothing to get people into the stadium. It was great that they got a full stadium. Fantastic. It shows that people want to support this sport, and it's fantastic. But you're not going to, like, don't claim that as a win for the sport when you're letting people in for free. It's not a win for the sport. Well, it was a little bit like that with, um, remember the, the rugby game? That we went to uh, Hobart Stadium. Yes, the Hobart Storm o- Broncos, right? Yeah, that was a free event, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. I thought it was. No, it was a pre-season event, 
So it was no. a pre-season event, but it, it was, was free for like, us. We were media, so yeah, you know, no, but, if, yeah, but it was cheap though. It wasn't. There weren't expensive tickets. It was like it was either if, like, instead of you know like when you go to a footy game, it's like going to cost you like 60, 70 bucks to get in. It's, it was like 20, 30 bucks. So it was relatively cheap compared to what they usually are. Yeah, and and you saw what happened at Hobart Oval. The it was full. Or, oh no, the, the well, both the full and streaker. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember the streaker. <laughs> and, well, I mean, this is the thing though. Like we, we could debate this for hours, and we clearly are nearly. But um, I mean, like you know, one example in terms of that. We're that not you, though. We agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think the thing too. You look at like in Tasmania at the moment, they've had the the Southern Huskies, who are, of course playing over here in the New Zealand National Basketball League, and it's great that Tassie's sort of got this national team again as they really try to get back into the Australian NBL. But the issue that people are complaining about, my dad loved, like, growing up, my dad and I would love nothing more than going to watch the Hobart Devils play when we had a team in the NBL. That, that doing entertainment center was packed. Every weekend we had a game. It was incredible. I used atmosphere. to follow the Devils. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was incredible. It was sold out every single week. And basically, you know, eventually we ran out of money, so we just we lost the team. Now, people are sort of saying, well, where, where's this support for the Southern Huskies? You know, they're not selling it. Like, they're charging $40 a ticket to these games over here in New Zealand, where I live in the city where the reigning champions are, the Southland Sharks, they barely charge twenty dollars a ticket, and they're the reigning champions. And I, admittedly, they don't sell out the stadium here. Like, funnily enough, we're talking about women's and men's sport here. Netball gets larger crowds here in Invercargill than the basketball does. It's great. I, I, I really enjoy going to the netball games here. But um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> To me, it is because it was a conversation I had with someone the other day about how much I can't stand the game of netball. You should talk to Mallory. Mallory doesn't understand the damn sport. Uh, she's like, "What the hell are they doing?" Like, <laughs> I, I just I I don't get why it's so. I, I don't like it. I think it's stupid. It's. I mean, look. I think it's I just a game. Like, it's, uniforms, uniforms are fine, but not, not the game. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it in my top ten favorite sports. I might not even put it in my top twenty favorite sports. But I think. When you're in a stadium and you kind of got like a, a packed house and it's kind of you know it's it's, it's entertaining I think and I, I have to well, say I see, uh, yeah I see I see it as a game of people who can't run with a ball like they lack the cognitive ability <laughs> to run with the ball and bounce it at the same time that's what I see yeah but I will say yeah okay merit, merit, credit where credit's due they are not there's no backboard on the on on the net which which is that that would be quite difficult, I believe. Um, and and it's like, yeah, let's play stuck in the mud, but throw a ball at a circle. <laughs> I remember stuck in the mud. <laughs> okay. um, did you did you guys ever play fruit salad? Do you yeah, remember that? It sounds familiar. It's it's yummy, so, yummy. Wait, but... so it's... No, no, no. <laughs> wait, joke, wait, so you... yeah, dude. Where you you line up at one end of the quad, and you're given a fruit like a mandarin, banana, apple, whatever, and then you do this thing where like there'd be someone in the middle and they'd yell out a fruit, and then all the bananas would run. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yep. What was that yeah. one? It was a similar thing where, and that's wasn't it line or something where you you would yell out and they'd have to take a step, and then if you turned around and caught them, like they had to run back. Is that the same thing, right? Like. No, 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 that's What's the Time, Mr. Wolf. Oh, What's the Time, Mr. Wolf, yes! What's the time, Mr. Wolf? <laughs> Seven o'clock, one, two, three, four, yeah. <laughs> what's the time, Mr. Wolf? Dinner time! <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, yes! Oh, mate, you know what? 
These are Olympic sports people. None of this stupid wall climbing that's coming next year or freaking skateboarding in the Olympics. Keep that in the X Games. I want fucking what's the time, Mr. Wolf, in the Olympics. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Here we have the Ukrainian, <laughs> the German, and the French competing for the gold. And they have to. We say- have as 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 a guest as a guest David Attenborough as the wolf. <laughs> he approaches very slowly. <laughs> no, not no. You saying Bolt as the wolf? <laughs> just, you just need someone with giant legs, like you know, like in basketball, Andrew Bogut with giant legs. You know, so just like. Take a giant step forward. Josh, it's always fun. Uh, we've been here for an hour. Uh, we've extended this week's brink by a long time by our segment. But uh, as always, uh, appreciate your time. Thanks, mate. I'll speak to you soon. Okay, time to close it out if we don't destroy our microphone like you heard before. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us, subscribe, all the relevant fun stuff that we often say at this point. Um, anything you wish to to add right now as you're scratching your nose? We lost a lot of weight this week. Can we celebrate that on air? We can. You lost how many? Three point what? Three point two kilos. I lost five point eight. Ben lost so much weight this week. I'm still in shock. I lost more than our cat weighs. But the thing is, like, yeah, I lost five point eight kilos, but no one has said to me, "You look like you've lost weight." So five point eight kilos is a lot of weight to lose in a week, and not one person has commented on it. So I'm like, well, fuck you, world. Fuck you all. I think your beard might hide it in the face a little bit. Like, I reckon your face is thinner, but just because your beard, you can't really tell. Thank you. you I I appreciate that. Um, yes, we'll be back next week with more fun and. Hopefully celebrating Raptors winning. Colton won this week too, so that should be brief. So Ash Barty won the French Open. Ash Barty's appeared on the show, so congratulations, Ash, former guest. Briefly guest. We interviewed her many years ago during the Fed Cup was in Hobart, so very brief. But she's now a, uh, a world cup. But she quit tennis to go and play cricket. And then she said, nah, fuck this. I'm going back to tennis. And now she's won a Grand Slam. Like, that's pretty incredible that you give up. Do something else. Go, nah, not for me. Come back and you do even better than you did before. So, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, Ferrari got pole. I don't know if they'll win tomorrow morning. Probably not. But, hey, she just wants to go. She wants to eat food. you got to record a promo yet, but it won't take you long. Um, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Do all the regular things. And until we next speak again, keep sucking those oranges over cargo and bon wheat. 